The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. Big deal. Big deal happening in the NBA. So we will get into some talk about Dame Lillard being traded and not to the team he wanted to go to. We'll get into all of that. A little bit more talk about the Cowboys in the NFL. Patrick's big fat pull of the day. And don't worry, plenty more talk about Texas and Kansas coming up in the 6 o'clock hour as well. Jerry Hamilton called in to uh, hook him up this morning. Talking Texas recruiting. We'll play you some of that too. Real good stuff on Texas recruiting. Coming up all on the show today. And of course, you guys on the text line. And if you didn't hear already, we're switching over to a new text line number for everybody. So if you want to get keep texting in, we're trying to do things. We're trying to improve on what we're doing. And uh, there's a the new text line number we have is a new service that's allowing us to do a lot more cool things with the text line that we're looking forward to doing and more access and be able to have it remotes and things like that. 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the new text line number. We'll still be able to see the other one for a little bit, but we're changing over everybody to 512-447-3776. And if you guys have a nickname that you want to put on there, uh, send in the nickname with it, and we'll try and get those on before the end of the night uh, so we can, you know, when you guys text in, we can have more of a relationship. I can know who you are. It's not just a number that pops up on a screen. I'll be able to give you a name, but I want a little explanation of the name. I don't I don't like just giving you a name, so you send in the name and then send in the reason, and then, you know, and then we'll, we'll label you on the new system so we know and so I can talk to you and uh, we can get you going. But the new text line number, 512-447-3776 is a new text line. So, yeah, send us in your nickname, why you want that nickname. We'll get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll. We'll get that on there as well. Of course, though, the big news of the day that broke a few hours ago, uh, especially for a guy like me who was a big uh, basketball fan who's been covering covered the NBA starting in 2001, 2002, is when I started covering the NBA. So I this is big news, and, it, and it's a big precedent set in the world of player empowerment. Damian Lillard, if you have not heard, Damian Lillard, who demanded a trade out of Portland, all reports were he wanted to go to Miami. There was the report that his agent was telling any team that that was calling to trade for him, that he was not going to ever play in any other team and not going to suit up for anybody else except for the Miami Heat, that the, the Trailblazers were stuck into having to make that trade work. They did not do that. They traded him to the Milwaukee Bucks. Damian Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck. He has tweeted out since this. That he is excited for the next chapter. So it, it, as, of, as of right now, it seems that he's ready to go and play in Milwaukee, join up 
with the Greek freak Giannis and build that. We'll get to that. The trade is Bucks get Damian Lillard. The Blazers get Drew Holiday, who they are now talking about moving. They don't necessarily want to win. We'll get to that too. DeAndre Ayton from the Suns, who the Suns have been trying to move now for a little while. Don't necessarily they he never quite meshed with that team. What they want to do, the new the new look of the team, the new ownership wasn't a fan of DeAndre Ayton. He moves over. He is now on the Blazers getting a fresh start. Tumani Kamara, who the Suns drafted, we're very excited about as a rookie. He is now shifted over to Blazers, get another rookie there. A 2029 unprotected uh unprotected pick and a 28 and 2020 and uh, a 2030. Pick swap. Pick swaps are oh, pretty good if the team is bad, but you're playing a guessing game that you're going to be a better team than them. If you're not, you basically get nothing for that pick swap. Just kind of goes away. You don't get a swap. You're not going to swap picks if they have the, the worst pick. But you're also going, you're trading for a Milwaukee team that you believe Giannis will be gone in six, five, six, seven years, or he won't be at the same level and the team will be much worse. You will be picking it up because you got these young guys. So I get it. Not a bad trade. Suns also get uh, Yusuf Nurchic to replace DeAndre Ayton, a guy that is a much more team-friendly player. Uh, at least Damian Lillard always loved playing with him. Get them into a system where he may fit a little bit better with this Suns team, what they want to do. Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson, the Suns are able to add a little depth to a team that is pretty thin after they basically traded everyone away to get Kevin Durant, to get Bradley Beal in there, uh, to go along with Devin Booker. They're adding a little bit more depth everywhere else. Uh, of course, we mentioned Blue, uh, the Blazers did get Drew Holiday in this trade. Some people are wondering why Chris Middleton was not involved in the trade instead of Drew Holiday. A couple reasons. One, people want Drew Holiday. He's a really good player. He's a little bit older. I believe he's 33 years old. Uh, he has a year left on his contract as natural and then a player option for 2024. So, you know, depending on where you send him, he may opt out after this year and, you know, you have to either give him a new contract or he'll be gone in free agency anyway. Uh, Chris Middleton just signed a new deal, but you know, for the money that he would be getting paid, I'm not sure a ton of teams really wanted to go out on that limb and go take a Chris Middleton and not you know give up a bunch of pieces for a Chris Middleton. I don't think he had the value that Drew Holiday has of a guy who can really help your team. And also, technically, he can't be traded yet because he just signed the new deal. So I don't believe he can be traded yet either. Uh, but the Blazers do get but a Drew Holiday, on the other hand, He's one of those guys that has a lot of value, and I kind of thought the Blazers might want to keep him, but the Blazers said they're going to stick to this young lineup. The Blazers now feel pretty good. They have a young lineup. Scoot Henderson's going to be at guard. Anthony Simons will be at the two guard. Uh, you have uh, Nasir. You have now DeAndre Ayton in that lineup as well. Uh, they feel pretty good about the lineup. Portland feels pretty happy with a young core. You know, they – they're, they, I think they're still a small forward short. They still have uh, Shaden Sharp on this roster. Jeremy Grant is the power forward. Shaden Sharp is a guy they like who may be able to get in there. But I, I think that the Bucks that that did that Blazers get a pretty decent deal. They're able to get some decent things now. You know, you don't want to make that trade with Miami because if you make the trade with Miami, you you basically are you're getting too many picks that are too close to what you're trading. So you're still going to be that Miami will still be a decent team when you're getting their picks in some of this deal because that's all that Miami has to offer and it doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't help you. You want those picks down the road. If you're trading away a star player, you want to wait till they're bad and then get those picks. So that makes more sense where they're getting there. They also are able to not add on another player that they feel kind of 
mimics what Scoot Henderson wants to do. Uh, that they want to be kind of a you may want to try and go get somebody else. And I think that's Drew Holiday. They want to get a different guy. I love Drew Holiday, uh, but I get why they want to go to a different position. I think they'd like to get a small forward into this lineup. And I'll get into that in a second, too, of where where I think a Drew Holiday might go. But let's go into just this trade first before we move on to that. The trade right now, uh, who's a winner and losers in this trade? I think everybody comes out pretty good in this trade. It's one of those trades that right now, on paper, seems pretty good. The Blazers didn't get screwed. You know, you're not going to get the best deal when a, dem- a player demands a trade out, but you, you didn't get screwed in this deal. You know, depending on what you get for Drew Holiday... You, you're not completely screwed out of it. You get a DeAndre Ayton to try and reclaim and figure out what he's going to be able to do. You take a little bit more pressure off of him right off the bat because he's not on a team that's competing for a title right away where everything is so scrutinized and he's the one guy who's unproven on a roster. So he's just getting so much flack. I think that's going to help out DeAndre Ayton's progress a little bit. Uh, I don't know if Chauncey Billups is going to be the guy to do it, but I think that you have a lot of guys going in the right direction if you're Portland. And depending on what you get for Drew Holiday, which we'll get to in a second, then I think there's a lot that could be good uh, going for Portland going forward. And this is a team that is now at least a play-in team, if not a playoff team, and in two years is definitely a playoff team, I think, as Scoot Henderson develops and gets more used to the speed of the game. The Bucks get Damian Lillard. All the talk this offseason, when people don't have anything to talk about in NBA circles, has been, is Giannis going to be in Milwaukee for long. They've asked Giannis, and he says, I love Milwaukee, but I want to win. New York is going after Giannis. Everybody wants Giannis. Miami wants Giannis in a few years. Everybody wanted Giannis and was basically waiting out his contract, hoping that he would say the Blazers didn't do enough. You know, and I get, you know, it's not like Damian Lillard is a young man, but Drew Holiday is also a 33-year-old player. So if you say in a couple, in two or three years, Drew Holiday is now even older, Chris Middleton is re-signed, but you know he may never reach that same potential that he had early on. Brooke Lopez is going to continue to get older. Right, now, when you're having to rebuild, did you get that other ring? Were you able to get that other ring? So you may not even be able to keep Giannis too much longer. You know, he may sign another one- or two-year deal after this, but can you get another ring if you're Milwaukee? Can you go in there and steal another one? And if you look right now in the East... For Milwaukee, for them to make this deal, they understand that if with a healthy Giannis, which they lost in the playoffs, he got hurt in the playoffs, that's one of the reasons why they got knocked out. Not the only reason. They had some full holes this year, but I don't think giving up Grayson Allen, Nasir, uh, you know, is going to hurt them too much. Uh, Drew Holiday is a, is a loss, but you put you put in Damian Lillard. You you I mean, so you got to figure out some defense. You're going to have to get some defense from some other people, but that offense is going to be much higher powered. You're not going to have those gaps. You're not going to be able to double off of Damian Lillard at all. So now if you're doubling off and you hit another guy, like who are you going to leave open in this offense? Chris Middleton? Damian Lillard? If you're doubling down onto, doubling down onto Giannis, Brooks Lopez can hit a three-pointer. Pat Connaughton will probably be your third starter. He can hit a three-pointer. So if everybody can shoot threes and you have Giannis in there, who do you double off, which leaves Giannis in one-on-one matchups, which he can dominate. So I feel pretty good about this Milwaukee team. They feel like they're at least a front-runner in the East. Boston, we know, had a little bit of troubles. They make the Kristaps Porzingis trade. Marcus Smart is out. Can they play any defense next year? Is Kristaps Porzingis going to be able to stop Giannis? Is anybody on that team going to be able to stop Giannis? Philadelphia, we know it still has a Harden situation ongoing that he says he's never playing on a Daryl Morey team again, but they can't get any trade value for him. Cleveland is on the up. 
But I don't know if they're going to, they're not, they don't have that player yet. Darius Garland isn't that guy yet, or Evan Mobley isn't that guy yet. New York can get all the Villanova players they want. They're not that, they're not at that level yet. Brooklyn's not that level. So who in the East? And look, Miami had the run last year, but they didn't, you know, they've traded, they lost some players in free agency. I don't think Miami's that guy. So my, Milwaukee is now the front runner in the East. And then it goes over to, do you think the Lakers and LeBron rebound? Does AD come out and play a better season? Does the Christian Watts, the, does that work out for you? Are you able to build on that? Does Denver come out and, you know, look, you could have that matchup in the finals. Jokic versus Giannis, Murray versus Lillard. Who wouldn't pay to see that? So I, I get why they did. I, I think the Bucks had to make a move. You have to go for it in the NBA. When you see that window's open, especially in the East, that the Philadelphia is down, that Boston doesn't know what they're doing, everybody's making moves. To stand pat might have been a problem, to keep you honest. I think this buys you two or three more years, so I like it for the Bucks. I like it for the Blazers. You didn't get screwed. You got you got decent draft capital, but you didn't really want that. You wanted some young players. You get a DeAndre Ayton. You get a Drew Holiday. Who see, you'll be able to see who you flip that into. Tumani Kamara is another player you're going to be able to put in this lineup. Going to get playing time. It fits that small forward role that you're kind of weak at. You got some power forwards. You got some guards. You don't necessarily have a lot of small forwards, so it fits into that. And the Suns get to move off DeAndre Ayton, which is what they wanted to do. You got to see if it works out with Nurchich. You bring a little bit more depth. Grayson Allen will bring in good depth to that team. I'm not a fan of Grayson Allen. Think he's one of the dirtiest players in the league. Not a fan, but I know he can add some help there. This year, little Keon Johnson kind of throw-ins in this trade. Uh, you know, you need depth. They they've signed a lot of you know minimum contract guys. These are guys who may get a little bit of playing time. See if they can show up for the Suns. I don't think there's a loser in this trade. If you want to say out out and out winner, it's a team like Milwaukee having two of the best players in the NBA on their team. A small market team was able to pull off a trade, and now they have Giannis and Damian Lillard, two two generational talents, two guys that are have both been top three, top five players in the NBA at one point in their career, and they're going to be able to go and play together. That is a that's a huge that's a huge deal that the Bucks in Milwaukee have been able to pull that off. So if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you're mad Aaron Rodgers gone. Jordan Love is playing good. This happens. You're a pretty good fan up in that Green Bay, Milwaukee area right now, if you're a sports fan up there. Now let's get into Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is now being shopped as well. 33 years old, last year of his contract before his player option, which he can get out of if he wants. He can take it if he wants to stay. Depending on the situation, though, you kind of have to talk to him. So teams are going to have to reach out to Drew Holiday and see his interest in coming there, or else they know, hey, basically we're we're paying a decent amount of money, a decent amount of capital, because if, if what the Trailblazers showed in this trade is true, they're looking for young players. They don't want to play the draft lottery game. They don't want to hope that you're bad and get a guy right now. They have enough. They have those guys up and down the roster. They just traded Nasir Little. They just traded Keon Johnson. They have those guys that are kind of in there and maybe okay, maybe not. You know, Shaden Sharp they like, but, you know, he's he didn't even really crack the starting lineup last year, and that's a guy that was a higher draft pick. So they would not – I think they are looking more for players. And so, as a Spurs fan, I like the idea of looking and seeing if the if if maybe you know the Spurs they had talked about Chris Paul or talked about maybe a veteran point guard to help out. They did re-sign Trey Jones, but you say maybe you want a point guard, a veteran point guard to help the development of Wimanyama. I, I think Drew Holiday is the perfect fit for that build. He has worked. He has played with a genetically freakish <laughs> talent. 
in Giannis. He has won a championship, so Chris Paul is not done. He is a great defensive player. He's a great team player. I think he helps out you a lot. So if you have something that's not too much, you're not giving up one of your starters, you're not giving up Keldon or Vassell. I don't think they'd want Sohan, so that's not even a real, that's a non-starter. I don't think they want him because they do have Jeremy Grant on that team. So if you get if you trade one of them, you're not trading one of them. Does it go down into Malachi Branham and maybe maybe somebody like that or another piece in a draft pick down the road? You got some more draft picks that you got some draft capital you can move around. Do, do you go make that deal? Do the Spurs go after that? Do they look? I think I'd, I'd make the phone call. I don't know. And then I think a deal that we know we know Miami. That's one that is now they they lost out on on Dame, but apparently they're in the Drew sweepstakes. They still want a point guard on that team. So now do you revisit Tyler Hero and say we can put Tyler Hero in that small forward position, add some scoring? Or do you say we lost, you know, we, we need some defense? We got Shade, we got Scoot Henderson, but he's not going to be the best defender right away. He's a beat okay, he's trying, but he's a little smaller. Anthony Simon's 6'3, maybe a little bit more size. Do we go call Toronto, who was calling about Damian Lillard, and see if they want Drew Holiday? If they want a guy to go help out and play with Pascal Siakam, and we go and try and make a trade for OG Ananubi. Do we get OG Ananubi in this team in in Portland? And him put him in the small forward position, bringing a guy who's, you know, an okay three-point shooter, really is a good defender, great team. We've put him in, 27 years old, 26, 27 years old. Do you bring him into this Portland team? I, that's one for me. That's an interesting one. I, I think that all there's winners. I don't think there's a winner if you trade with Miami. So I think this is a better trade all around for all three teams involved than if you would have tried to do anything with Miami. I, I never heard a Miami trade scenario where it worked out, where you were able to get everybody a winner. Now, we'll still have to, we're still incomplete on this because Drew Holiday, what they get back for him matters because that kind of counts in this trade. That's kind of the added filter onto this trade. Do they get another starter out of Drew Holiday? So if you get another starter that's young on this team, that's going to be big. But I'll tell you what the biggest implication of all this trade is, that Dame Lillard did not get what he wanted. That Dame Lillard came out and said, well, it did, but that's the thing. He didn't say. His agent said he demanded a trade. And his agent said he will only go to Miami. And his agent, Dame Lillard didn't want to say it. And he learned the harsh lesson about player empowerment, that if you want to be player empowered, in today's game, if you want to be the guy who makes those hard decisions, if you want to be the guy who has to say, I want to go win a championship and I'll do anything for it, you have to be the bad guy. You have to be the villain. And Dame didn't want to be the villain. He wanted to be beloved. He wanted to be beloved by Portland asking for a trade out. He wanted to be beloved in Miami. He wanted to be beloved in the NBA. That poor guy. What did Portland do for him? All they did was sign every free agent Every uh, every player that played for them, they offered him too much money to stay because Dame said, I need him to stay. What did they do? They drafted the guys Dame wanted to draft. What did Dame do? Never tried to recruit. Said, no, we don't want to do a big three. We'll build the, uh, we'll build the natural way. And they never were able to do it. And then he wants to come out and say, they never did anything for me, which, you know, you can go either way on. I, I think that they tried, but Dame Lillard put his hand in the pot too many times. You got to make hard decisions, and he doesn't want to make those hard decisions because he doesn't want to be the villain. Good for him. You're not the villain. If you go play in Milwaukee, you go up there, you suit up, and you're happy, good for you because you're not the villain. You are the good guy. You did what you were supposed to do. I don't mind that trade. If you say, hey, man, I think we've run our course. Portland, you go on. You drafted Scoot Henderson. Let You got the number two pick. It's best for both of us to move on. I'm fine with that. But the player empowerment, picking where you get to go, 
the fact that he didn't want to come out and say, trade me to Miami, because if he said it, he'd be in Miami right now. That trade would have happened. But, but Portland called his bluff, and they knew he wouldn't go to the media and say it. He wouldn't control the narrative. And so what did the NBA do? They pushed his cards in, and they said, if agents are saying this, we're going to start fining you. No, 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 you can't do this. And Dame never, never went in. Dame never went to be the bad guy. You have to be the bad guy if you want that. LeBron James, when he went to Miami, tried to not be the bad guy, right? He tried to do a charity event to make sure everybody knew that he wasn't the bad guy. And what ended up happening? He was the bad guy. The rest of the NBA is not going to like it if you make a move that's going to hurt them. But if you go to Milwaukee to play with Giannis, you know, I know there's teams in the East that are not going to love that he's over there, but they're not blaming Dame for that. He didn't want to go to Milwaukee. You know, people in Portland will love him for what he did there. They're going to get a good enough haul back. They'll be okay with it. Teams in the West say, we got rid of him. You know, he built a good team over there, but he's out of the West. He's not a villain anymore because he didn't want to be. But he doesn't get to go where he wants to go. So if you want to be a vill- if you want to be the guy and, and choose where you want to go and you want to player empowerment and you get to pick and you get to choose and you get a James Harden, then be James Harden. Be the villain. Be the guy that everybody talks trash about. Go be that guy. If you want to be James Harden, Dame didn't want to. That's why he's in Milwaukee. Good for him. You don't want to be the villain? Don't be. Go go win a ring in Milwaukee. Bring them another ring. Go show what you can do. And it's great. But don't complain when you're there. Just warning. Don't don't complain and say, I, I always wanted to go to Miami. I knew this wouldn't work out. Don't do that. But Jan, I don't think you will. I think Dame's going to be happy. And 10 years from now, 20 years from now, he'll come out and say, I got screwed because I was too nice. I think that's what he'll say. But that's just me. We're going to take a break. We come back. Actually, you know what? We're not going to take a break. We got to hit the big fat poll. Forgot to hit the big fat poll today. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Got too worked up about Damian Lillard. Always fun. I just like talking NBA. I like talking college basketball. Can't wait. NBA's coming back in like two weeks. Something like that. Second week of October, I think we get preseason basketball. You guys are going to get sick of it. <laughs> but we'll still talk tons and tons of football. Don't worry. College basketball coming back in uh, November. Cannot wait for that. Uh, we're trying to go to as many games as we can go to and, and get as much coverage as we can uh, for the Texas Longhorns. This season is going to be a really fun one for the Texas Longhorns. Well, let's, let's get into the big fat poll of the day. The new text line number, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. The new text line number, send it in there. If you got a new nickname you want us to put on there, a nickname, tell me what the nickname is for, though. I want reasons to put in my nicknames on these lines so we can talk to you. And if it's, it can be your name. You can be Mike from somewhere or, or Tommy, Tommy from somewhere or Tommy Longhorn. I don't, I, you know, you can be whatever. If you got a nickname that you used on the old line, we can change it much easier in the new system. So 512-447-3776. And let's talk Texas football. So we're going to get into recruiting coming up in the next segment. Uh, we talked yesterday, and we're going to talk more today about Kansas and that this is Texas' first real game where I feel the defense needs to be the superstar of this game, that this, te- this Kansas offense can put up points. And if this Texas defense has shown that they are really, really good. They have a few flaws, but they're really, really good. I want to ask you guys, how many points do you want to see Kansas held to for you to consider this Texas to be a really next-level defense? I don't want to say elite yet. I don't want to say elite yet. But I want to say this is a defense. This is a national championship defense. How many points do you hold Kansas to on Saturday where you can say, all right, 
I look at this team and I think, man, that's a national championship defense. What's the number for you? We said offense last week. We talked offense last week against Baylor. They got close to most of the numbers that we said. There were probably two muff punts, I'd say. Two, two, muff fumble, two fumbled punts away to hitting that number. What's the number for that you want the defense to believe that this is a national championship defense? Hit us up on the new text line number, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. The new text line. Save it in your phone. Put your name in there. Let me know. We'll say, start saving names. We'll get into that. We'll get into more talk. Jerry Hamilton joined uh, Aaron Hogan this morning talking Texas recruiting, some really good stuff. We're going to play that for you next right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Woo! Hell yeah! On the Horn. Sports Complex here on the Horn. New text site number. It's brand new. Brand new. We're switching over to it. Gives us more options. I've already put some of your nicknames in there, so we can respond to you guys by name so you know who we're talking to. 512-447-3776. Send in your stuff there. We got Oklahoma Greg checking in, and uh, we got some mic checks. Yeah, we know you're there. Nate's there. Big Sheezy, Scarlett, Carrie from Georgetown, 420 coach, my man Chan. Kevin from Elgin, all these guys checking in on the new text line. 512-447-3776 is the new text line number. Hit us up there. I'm going to go try and go find you in the other one and tell you to use a new number because that one I'm not going to be able to check as much. This one I can check a lot easier and I can check from anywhere. So we can keep the conversation going. Uh, even when we're out on remotes, you know, when we're out and whatever, I can we can keep the conversation going. 512-447-3776, new text line number. We're asking you, Texas Defense. It's going to be a big difference this week in Kansas. What's the number to say that this is the next level defense? That PK's got this defense playing at a high level against a really good offensive team in Kansas with a quarterback that is mobile with a lot of different options. They can do a lot of things. What's the number for you that you want to see to see if this if Texas team can be a national champion at defense? They have a national championship defense. We know the offense. We want to see it get going too. We asked you about the offense last week. This week, what's the number for you? We'll get to that. We'll get to your answers. I want to play this clip, uh, play this interview, though, from Jerry Hamilton. Some really good recruiting stuff because there is some big recruits coming to Texas during this week. We, can, we know that now we're past the Alabama week. Texas is ranked number three. The recruiting news is changing. Sark knows what he's doing. Jeff Banks knows what he's doing. His Texas team gets some recruits. Here's Jerry Hamilton talking to Aaron Hogan this morning on Hook'em Up. Weekday morning, 6 to 11 right here on The Horn. It's Jerry Hamilton this morning talking Texas recruiting. Someone who would know more about that is with us on the uh, Vaqueros Hotline. He is the senior recruiting advisor there at On3 Sports and, of course, Inside Texas. And great friend of our show, he's our buddy Jerry Hamilton. Jerry, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you guys doing? Yeah, I don't have KU number one. Uh, not uh, You know, look, Arterio Morris, not there. He's not? Yeah. Big loss for Kansas. Another incident. I hadn't heard that. Another incident yep. for Arterio, the transfer out of Texas, and uh, had not seen that. So that's a that's a big deal. Uh, where do you think? What's your prediction on Jerry and where, where Texas will be ranked? Not that preseason rankings matter. We know this is a brand new roster that we're all going to get to know. But 
What's where would you have Texas ranked big picture uh, when we look about a month away to the start of the season? Yeah, I, I would say around thirteen to fifteen, twelve to fifteen in that range. Look, I think the guards are really good for Texas. Um, I think they're going to shoot the ball from three extremely well, like at the highest level Texas has since Abrams, DJ, KD, all those guys rolled through. They had some tremendous shooting teams. I think this Texas team is going to shoot 37 38% from three. Um, so I think this is going to be a very high-level three-point shooting team with multiple guys who, who can knock down the three and spread the floor. IT Horton was a big late addition, in my, in my opinion. And Max Aismas, obviously, is one of the best players in college basketball. Brock shoots it well. Tyrese Hunter, I think, will have his best season shooting the three. Um, so I, I think this is a team that has some guys uh, that can really knock down open threes. Um, the whole key for me will be the health of the bigs. I mean, Caden Shedrick's working his way back to 100%. Dylan suit not there. I'm not sure when he gets back on the court. Um, and so I think that's really going to hold the keys there. I think Zarika Nyimna was a really big pickup. I think he's going to be a very good third big for this team. Then you have Dylan Mitchell, how much he improves. I think it's going to be huge for the ceiling of this team. But I really like the guards on this team. I like the young guards, too, Kendall Weaver and Chris Johnson. I, I think Texas has some quality depth at guard. I think they have some really good front-line starters. But for me, if the Texas team is going to reach its ceiling, which to me could be another second-weekend team, um, it's going to be Caden Shedder, Dylan Dessou, when they, how healthy they are, when they get healthy, then how long does Texas have to put all this together? Because I think they have some really good pieces. Well, it's very similar to Chris Beard's first year when uh, Coach Beard would say to us that, uh, yeah, we our, our challenge now is time. Uh, how much time yeah. does it take for everything to gel and come together with a brand-new roster? But uh, some veteran players, some young players. Appreciate Jerry Hamilton, not just football uh, encyclopedia, but also basketball. Yeah. Jerry, we were talking about your uh, upbringing. You, your father was a football coach. Am I correct about that when you were growing up? Yeah, correct. Uh, about For about 40 years in the state of Texas, Um Friendswood High School, Nacogdoches, Pasadena, Adobe, some places like that. But, yeah, so I, I grew up on the sidelines on Friday Night Lights, man. That was my upbringing. I was a ball boy, and we were actually discussing that on our On Texas Football uh, uh, YouTube live stream last night because we're, as somebody asked, how nervous do you get during games? I said, I was, more, I was nervous as a kid, man, because, like, you're on the bus with the team, right? You're 10, 11 years old. You're on the bus with the team. You feel like you're part of the team. Uh, the the most nervous I've ever gotten was being a ball boy and the the teams my dad coached because you really felt like you were part of the team. It was it was a lot of fun, man. I mean, my dad coached at Nacogdoches, guys. When there was a, it was the district was Lufkin, Longview, uh, Pine Tree, John Tyler, Tyler Lee, Marshall, Texas High, Lufkin, Nacogdoches. One team went to the playoffs. Oh. Man, I mean. It, 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 and for a couple of those years, one team went to the playoffs. It was an amazing district of talent. I mean, obviously, two started going to the playoffs, but there was a time there where only one team from that district went to the playoffs. You'd have a team that was ranked top ten in the state that might not even get in the postseason. That's amazing. That is amazing right there. Uh, and, of course, as you say that, the geography of East Texas, that's some long bus trips you're talking about. You're, you're These aren't uh, down-the-street kind of moves, man. You're going all through the Piney Woods and – all through East Texas. That's a great story. All right, Jerry, uh, let's start with the, the headline. And I know you've been talking about it since Sunday, but we haven't visited with you. Uh, the addition and the recruiting class of Brandon Baker, an offensive tackle, five-star from uh, Modern Day High School, 
course, uh, Sark has Sark's son, who's on this Texas team, is a walk-on, went to modern day. So a lot of connection there. But huge get for Texas. Now have the number one ranked tackle prospect in the country for the class of 24, and also the rush, the, the edge rush prospect in Colin Simmons. That's pretty good to start your recruiting class. Oh, it's a great. That was a huge win for Texas with a Brandon Baker. And to me, this recruitment really is a credit to what Sark and Kyle Flood have done at Texas. I mean, before they got here, Brandon Baker's not considering Texas. This was not the place to go as a top offensive tackle prospect from outside the state of Texas, right? I mean, let's just be real. That it wasn't a destination. Uh, that kid goes to Ohio State. Um, Texas beats Ohio State, who actually finished second. Oregon third, where his brother played, and then Nebraska fourth. But Kyle Flood's resume for development was huge. Texas moving to the SEC, huge. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, as you said, two decades of, of relationships uh, there at Modern Day um, it were big as well. You know, look, it, it's one of those things where, and now I, I'd be ris- remiss if I didn't say Christian Jones is graduating. So a five-star offensive tackle who plays right tackle for the number one high school team in the country sees a path to the field at Texas. Uh, if, Chris jo- if Christian Jones was a sophomore, that may not be the case as a starter, right? But it kind of everything fit. The father also has family in the DSW area. On the mom's side, they're uh, distantly related to the Akanas. So Tassili Akana, freshman linebacker, obviously a sister of the national championship volleyball team, a defensive specialist for Texas volleyball. So there were a lot of boxes checked. But I'll tell you the biggest one I really think, guys, is Kyle Flood's resume for development and where this program is going. I mean, I kids see it. I mean, yes, Sark wants to have a strong footprint in Southern California. That's modern day high. That's St. John Bosco high. You don't get those kids over Ohio state. If you don't have a trajectory that a kid really likes and he can say, okay, I can go get developed here. They beat Bama. I see what they're doing on the field. Oh, and I have a great chance to get drafted. Oh, and Kelvin Banks is a freshman all American. You put all that together and suddenly, Texas is, it could become a destination for offensive linemen. Just think about where we were three years ago. Yeah. Well, and for, for 12 years, up until three years ago, yes. on the offensive line yes. for Texas, uh, it was more than a decade of, uh, of poor play up front, which really was a, you know, paralleled with the, the success of the program, without a doubt. Nick? Yeah, Jerry, this one this one's a little off topic, but I what sports do you not follow religiously? <laughs> like I mean that honestly, man. I'm I'm always so impressed with your knowledge base, and like you know, I met you through Bobby, but like it's it impresses the heck out of me every time. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You know, it, what's funny is when I live down in Jupiter, Florida. I mean, I'm a a big golf guy now. I love golf. I don't have time to play anymore, so I I, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't put the ball and play off the tee you know, on a good course at this point, but. Uh, like when I lived in Jupiter, I used to do the uh, uh, Honda Classic PGA Tour radio show on Sundays there on ESPN West Palm. I love that. I mean, I, so for me, it's more college sports, though, guys. High school and college sports. I love college football. I love college basketball. I, I loved golf at its, when Tiger was at his height, right? I mean, great competitor. It just pushed everybody. It was it was great theater for me. And, you know, he's my age, kind of, you know, it's one of those things. But living down there, getting to know a lot of those PGA Tour golfers, um, so that those are really my sports. I'm not a huge pro sports guy, you know. Obviously, I tune in to watch KD and some of those guys, right? When TJ was in the league, as TJ, uh, I think you know TJ and I are really good friends, so I'd, I'd watch everything, all, all his games. But I really love the college 
sports, um, and, and I do love I do love uh, pro golf. I don't, I'm not sure I love pro golf, pro golf now, but I did love it when everybody was playing together on the same tour. Oh, I had no I had no idea you had the the golf background. Yeah, well, I'm going to have Jerry back on Friday to do a little Ryder Cup preview, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Ryder Cup tees off in Rome on Friday. Hey, uh, Jerry, now with, with uh, you know, these two five stars, you know, as the foundation of the class. Uh, and man, with lines of scrimmage, pretty dang good. Uh, what's next for Texas? I know they got a bunch of guys coming in, and and we were talking a little bit yesterday about you know the, the from the list I saw you guys post of who might be visiting Texas for the Kansas game. It's a lot of guys that they've already got commitments from, with some guys that are uncommitted, and even some guys who are already committed to other schools. I kind of like that to get them all together and you know see if they can uh, stir the pot yeah. a little bit and maybe flip some guys. Yeah, it's going to be two big weekends in a row because Texas is the host team next week at the Cotton Bowl as well. So they get to bring in the recruits for that game, um, sit on the Texas side. But this weekend, I think DeAndre Carter, we were just talking about Brandon Baker. DeAndre Carter, the four-star guard out of modern day, teammate of Brandon Baker. He's coming in. He's an Auburn commitment. He's coming in with both of his parents for an official visit. This one's been scheduled for a while. He committed to Auburn September 3rd over Texas and Michigan State, but he had not made that Texas official visit. Now he comes in with his parents this weekend, uh, so that'll be interesting. He's a 6'4", 340-pound large human that plays, uh, that is a guard prospect in the next level. I think what'll be interesting with this recruitment is, I think Carter, he was in January 21st with his parents for one of the elite junior days. He really likes Texas. Does he see an easier path, earlier path to the field at Auburn? Who's a couple of years behind Texas, obviously, in a rebuild right now. Uh, so that one'll be interesting to see if Texas can go over that hump, but I, I, I think you guys know this. Steve Sarkeesian would love to add another guy on a modern day. And then in 2025, they got a big time running back Jordan Davison and receiver Marcus Harris, who Texas is all over. So uh, this is a this is a key recruitment uh, for Texas, obviously. I, I'm really watching next weekend, too, guys. There's a chance Ryan Wingo is going to be at the Cotton Bowl, the five-star receiver, on the, on the Texas side as a guest of Texas, right? So I'm really interested to see that game being in Dallas. How many of those Dallas kids are at the game? Uh, against OU, I know we'll be talking about that next week. But I think this 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 visitor week, uh, list this weekend is going to continue to build. I, I'm going to throw a name out. I love to throw names out. The young kids for Texas fans out there. It's a kid, Jackson Christian, out of Port Natchez Groves, offensive tackle. He's a junior, maybe a guard, maybe a tackle at the next level. He's coming in. He was one of the most impressive kids Texas had at their June 11th camp this summer, and they offered him. He's six five, two ninety, with an eighty two inch wingspan. Uh, he's coming in this weekend for an unofficial visit. I actually put in an on-three RPM pick for him to commit to Texas eventually. I'm not saying this weekend. I think Texas is in a really good spot with that kid. So uh, some of these offensive line guys are off the radar a little bit early on, but I'm, you know, I, I want to put Jackson Christian on the radar because I know how much Texas likes him. Jerry Hamilton inside Texas and on-three sports, their senior recruiting uh, expert, to say the least, also an expert on college football. What's uh should Longhorns' uh, biggest priorities be playing this Kansas team on Saturday? Obviously, this is probably the most dynamic offense they've faced to this point, certainly the best quarterback uh, and most veteran quarterback they've faced to this point. What uh, what worries you about this game with the Jayhawks? Yeah, I think, I think there's a few things here that are interesting to me. One, Texas hasn't played their best ball at home. Um, that's the first thing. But, look, they haven't played an opponent like Kansas to get their attention. I really think this season has lined up from a coaching perspective so well for Sark and his staff, though. And I think this Saturday is another one like that. <clears throat> you know, they play Rice in the opener. Is 100% of their focus on Rice? Probably not, right? They're looking ahead to Bama. 
So they didn't play up to their standard for this season against Rice, probably. So Sark had a great week of coaching heading into Bama. Then they beat Bama. They come home for Wyoming. Did they play up to the standard they want to? No. Great week of coaching going into Baylor. Now you have the muff kicks, punt, so you got that from a coaching perspective. But Sark can sit there and tell his guys, look, we play great on the road. I want to see that at home. We haven't had the way we play on the road. We have not performed like that at home. Here's our chance to go uh, do this on in front of our home crowd. 108,000 people are going to be fired up Saturday at 2:30. So I think from a coaching perspective, this season's lined up really well for Sark. Next week, you don't have to give a speech about anything, right? This week, you know, it's a great opportunity for this team to prove we're as good at home as we are on the road, right? So uh, then Jalen Daniels is interesting to me because uh, you know. Jalen Milrow was a guy that if he got outside the pocket, when he just started running vertically, he scared the whatever out of you, right? Because he has that level of athleticism. Jalen Daniels is different. He's not going to blitz you with speed to the edge or vertical speed. He's more like a running back. He, 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 he's a patient guy as a quarterback, as a runner. He kind of sets up his blocks. He kind of sees things like a running back. He's not going to explosively make runs on you. But what he's going to do is make you feel like you're playing against a running back when he runs as a quarterback. Uh, so there's that. I think one interesting thing to watch is <clears throat> Kansas will run some option stuff. So Texas hasn't seen that this year. So early in the game, does it take the Texas defense a while to settle into that? Because you can practice against it, but you still haven't reacted to it in the game this season. So that you know they'll they'll run a they'll run a fake counter and come back option off the off the back side of that. There's going to be some things they haven't seen. I'll tell you another one um, for me is Jalen Daniels is a very good college quarterback. I mean, a very good player. He has a long windup. Uh, I, I call it dropping the ball below the water. Like he drops that ball down to his hip and he winds up the throw. He's got a quick arm. Jalen Ford got him last year. I I, I think guys with a longer release. Watch for Jalen Catalan. Jalen Ford, maybe to get a pick this week against those guys. Those guys that have the great instincts, that really study film, uh, that can really read that quarterback, he's going to give them an opportunity in the passing game. But I think this game for Texas comes down to offensive defensive line. Uh, watching the BYU game, I think Kansas is a really good football team, but I do think Texas has an advantage on both lines of scrimmage, especially in the heat of the day in Austin, especially with Kansas only traveling 65 guys, right? It's a road game for them. Um, Texas has an advantage. If the Texas defensive line comes out and stuffs Kansas against their on their scripted plays, then Kansas could be in for a long day. If Kansas has some early success offensively and maybe hits Texas on some things they haven't seen this year because they just haven't seen an offense like Kansas, then it could be a really good game. I think on the offensive side of Texas offensive line, holds up well, and they run the ball. Kansas wants to play a zone. Uh, they, if Texas runs the ball well and could get Kansas out of their comfort zone defensively, I think Texas could have a really good day. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. That's what we needed. Uh, there's a good overview. Thank you, bud. Jerry Hamilton, Inside Texas. You yeah, also see him on that On Texas football channel on YouTube for Inside Texas all the time, doing great stuff with myself and Rod and uh, Bobby Burton and the whole crew there at Inside Texas. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Jerry Hamilton. There you go. That's the breakdown you need. Some good stuff there from Hook'em Up in the morning, 6 to 11 right here on The Horn Weekdays. Uh, Jerry Hamilton giving you some great info about recruiting here at Texas and getting me a little preview for Kansas. We're going to get into more preview of Kansas in the 6 o'clock hour. Of course, more of your text on the new text line, 
447-3776. Send us in the text there. And if you got a nickname you want to put on the new text line, it's a lot easier for us to do than the old one. So we can know who we're talking to. Got some people checking in. We'll get to give you all some shout outs, get you ready. Uh, we're asking you, big fat poll today today. We're asking you, what number do you want to see for the final score for Kansas this Saturday against Texas where you feel like this is a national championship defense? You just heard it there from Jerry Hamilton. This is an offense that Texas hasn't really seen. We saw the defense as Texas seen has given them problems. Can this defense play at a level that no matter what you show them, they're able to hold you down? What's that number you're looking at? Text that in, 512-447-3776. Whatever else you want to talk about, whatever else you want to got on your mind, maybe the Damian Lillard trade, maybe some Texas football, maybe some Cowboys, whatever you got, 512-447-3776. We'll get to your text coming up right after this break right here on the Sports Complex, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and thehornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. Back on the sports complex here on the horn, getting to the new text line, getting you your text coming in. 512-447-3776. About to read your text. It is National Dog Week. So we're playing dog songs and dog adjacent songs all week long. Some ACDC giving the dog a bone. I could not put it in. You had to put it in, right? You gotta put it in if you're gonna do some ACDC, you know, doing dog week. We'll get to the text line. You can send in your dog pictures. I love them all week long. 512-447-3776. Loving the text. Uh, also, if you got a name, you want to be known on the text line, the new number, send in the name. I like if you give me an explanation. You know, I like an explanation there, too. I know not everybody's going to be in there. Uh, we do get uh, Nate checking in. Uh, we have a huge Suns fan now. We have 14 shooting guards, one forward, and two centers. I mean, you really you – you've got a couple of – Small forward. You can play small forward. You can make it work. The Suns team is just kind of crazy all around. They're really banking on those three guys putting up 90 a night. It's kind of like what Brooklyn did that didn't work, but they're going to play a lot more games together, so it might work because that lineup in Brooklyn worked when they all played. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm not bought into it. It doesn't seem like it's going to work, but I'm, I'm going to be watching on League Pass. I'll tell you that much. We're asking the big fat poll question of the day. What? How many points do you want to see Texas hold Kansas to to see if they're the next-level defense, if they're a national championship defense? I'm going to tell you my number is around under three touchdowns. So anything in that range of under 20 points of you hold them to, you know, even two touchdowns and a field goal, I'll say is a pretty good against this Kansas offense. I think that's, you know, not letting them get in, maybe one play over the top. I think that's okay. I'd really like to see them. Uh, one touchdown, and then maybe a couple of field goals. If you don't allow big plays over the top, you let them in the red zone. I'm okay with that. 17 or less is what we get here. 420 coach says 17 or less. I'm with you on that one. 21 and below, that's similar for Chan. I'm kind of in that world as well. 
Scarlett says under 17 would be solid. Around that number. That's where a lot of people are thinking, which is basically two touchdowns and a field goal. Is basically where people are putting it at. Under three touchdowns. So you go under three scores, not three touchdowns. You don't want to have four, two touchdowns, two field goals either. So I like that. 17 is around that right range. Bevo Angel has Texas needs to hold Kansas to 13 points to be considered elite. I agree. I think once we get into the elite range, so not just a national championship defense where we say this defense can hold anybody in the country under 20 points, and Texas offense can always score 20 points against any defense. That's kind of where Texas, I think, that balance of Texas is, is under 20 for the defense, over 20 for the offense every single week is where you want to see it. So 13 points is now when you start to go, oh, man, now offense can have an off day and still win these games. Chewy from the Rocks is under 17. I'm with you on that one. Uh, holding KU to 21 points is the number for me. Shout out from TD. Uh, Lurch has, uh, if Texans keep Candace under 23 on defense. I think a little bit lower than that. I like I like that you're giving them a little bit of space there. The popcorn man. Uh, checking in, popcorn man. I like that. That's your 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 nickname because when I got on the gridiron, make sure you had your popcorn ready. Then, like any good nickname, it turned into a gamer tag. I like it. I'll give it to you. Jimmy the Gringo checks in. I got Jimmy the Gringo because I grew up in a Hispanic neighborhood in East Austin. I was the only white dude. It's also my Instagram name. So if you want to check out Jimmy the Gringo, if yeah, if you want your tag to be on the text line, your Instagram handle or something else, maybe you get another follower. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen here on the horn? Keep it going. Uh, let's read a couple more, and then we'll get to the with the break. We come back. We're going to talk more Texas and Kansas. We're going to play a little bit more sound about start getting ready for t- for Kansas this week. So we start to get ready for that big game on Saturday. Uh, kind of getting ready, figuring out how this defense is going to be able to figure out how to guard Jalen Daniels and what they're actually going to do. Like that thing. That's the biggest question. We'll get into that in the six o'clock hour. But we're going to keep reading your text five one two four four seven three seven seven six. Carrie from Georgetown says. Everyone runs the zone, even the NFL, talking about what Jerry Hamilton is. But a lot of guys, Nick Saban doesn't like to run the zone. Nick Saban likes to run man. A lot of people like to run man if you have the talent. Kansas doesn't necessarily have all the talent, so you kind of got to stick to guys that are a little bit better. But some teams, if you really have the talent, you may not run the zone as much. I think Quinn can pick apart the zone, but you're going to run through that as well. Uh, we get uh, <laughs> we had one that said 34 and then went to 17. I agree with 17 a lot more than 34. So when we get to that one, uh, keep sending in your text names. We're going to take one more break before we get to the top of the hour, before we get to 6 o'clock. Keep sending in the new text line number, new number, 512-447-3776. If you've got to send in a name, send in the name, send in the reason. And uh, keep sending in those scores. Where do you want to see Texas defense? What number do you want to see them hold Kansas to? Anything else you want to talk about? Texas football, Cowboys football, Dame Lillard. Send it in on the new text line number, 512-447-3776. We'll be back with Hour 2 of the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon right here on the Horn, 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.